You're listening to the Fired Up Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. This is Fired Up NFL Draft Podcast with your host Daniel Garrett and Mitchell Wolf. Mitchell, how you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm very excited to get into some of these guys that we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah, today we're continuing defensive tackles. We are going over Dante Stills, Corey Durden, and last up, Perry and Winfrey. All right, let's start out with Dante Stills. What you got on him here, Mitchell? All right, so Stills is a... Defensive, t- so obviously these are all defensive tackles, but they're all going to be kind of different types. So Stills is listed at 6'4", 280 for West Virginia. He's going to be a fourth-year senior this year. And at this point, he's mostly playing in the 2 eye to 4 tech range. So he's playing a lot of head-up across from offensive linemen in West Virginia's 3-3-5 defense. Um, but the vast majority of his snaps are coming in the B-gaps um, or kind of in that area. His brother, his twin brother, who is in the NFL now, uh, was playing kind of the nose tackle for them, despite being really undersized. But yeah, he's kind of a tween. He's you know that kind of classic term for a tweener, where you know he's playing defensive tackle at the college level, but he probably might fit better as a defensive end at the NFL level. Yeah, I would a hundred percent agree with that. And you see, obviously, the reps in terms of different stuff, and a lot of it just isn't going to be necessarily translatable because you have just such a weird front with them because like even if you're going in a three man front in the NFL they're not going to be playing like 280 290 280 across that three man right, front exactly yeah like we were and we were talking about this pre-show like even like the Rams who are kind of experimenting with these kind of funky odd fronts um and then, I mean, Alabama and Georgia are using this like mint tight front kind of stuff, but their guys are massive. You know, they're not playing like his brother is 6'1, 285, and he was playing nose tackle. Like, that's just not happening in real football. Um, but so I think the, th- the thing we were going to do this, this episode, I think we're going to do this moving forward, is talking about uh, a player's best trait, his worst trait, and something he can ideally improve on in the coming season. So, uh, Dan, what, what was you say is his best trait uh, for Dante Stills? I thought his best trait was lateral mobility you saw a lot of him being able to move and even if it was lined up outside shoulder of the guard you would see him able to get around the tackle at times now obviously it's not super consistent because Dante Stills I wouldn't categorize him as a consistent player in general so it's not the most consistent thing but I think that is going to be if he is to work in the NFL, it's going to be because of that lateral mobility. Yeah, and I think that a lot of, obviously, these 3-3-5 defenses, and we'll talk about this later with Perry and Winfrey, is they love to, like, slant and twist and stunt and do all that stuff to try to get um, some kind of favorable matchups with more athletic guys and offensive linemen. Um, for me, 
I actually thought his like hand usage and specifically his hand placement was really good. Like he had some surprising um, like power behind his strikes um, despite being a relatively smaller defensive lineman. But I thought his hand placement was really consistent, you know, getting his hands into the breastplate of the offensive lineman and using that to control him um, in both pass rush and in run defense, which, you know, again, for a smaller or at least a thinner guy, you know, you're kind of surprised that he's able to do that when he's on the losing end of a weight comparison. Yeah. And I was, I was, that was the trait, his hand power and usage was something I was surprised by given his weight because there were reps where he was lining up as a, in like a two technique and actually, like you were saying, stunning. And he was getting across and that initial pop off of when he goes into alignment off of a twist had a really good amount of power and was able to drive that lineman back. And that's why they were able to be effective on those. So it was surprising given his size. And obviously you have to worry about how well that is going to translate when you do face your bigger NFL caliber lineman, because even though he's able to do it right now, with that weight, it's always going to be a concern unless it becomes an elite trait. Because if it's good where he is in the Big 12, because of the technique, it's probably going to translate somewhat, but it might not necessarily be able to be that elite. This is what he can bank on trait yeah. unless he adds the strength behind it. Like, like right. you said, his placement is good, but he needs to add that strength just to be able to do it at the next level more consistently yeah and i think that that kind of leads at least at least me into what i would qualify as his worst trait and i think we can kind of have a discussion as to whether this is actually a trait is just his like size slash frame because like as again as we were talking pre-show like it's going to be really tough for him to play defensive tackle at 280 pounds the nfl um you know i, I like i was saying i think he's going to have to kick outside a defensive end um, on a base down roll, maybe on third downs, he can re- reduce inside. If we don't want to qualify frame as a trait, I think I would just have to go with like play strength then because he does display some power and pass rush and he's, you know, he's solid. He's okay at the point of attack against the run, but you know, there's just, especially at the NFL level, there's not, I don't think he's going to have the requisite play strength to really hold up in either facet of being a defensive lineman. Yeah, I would definitely agree with you on that. That was also why I marked down because we were talking again about how with that frame, it's you can work depending on the scheme inside the tackles, but generally most NFL teams aren't going to be able to play with a 280-pound guy inside. Like you said, we're, there's going to be some weird teams that try some new stuff, and I would look at now – now that's Brandon Staley is with the chargers. Perhaps they might be looking for a guy like that. You always look for obviously the Pete Carroll disciples as well, because you brought up Michael Bennett as that big end reduces inside. So you can always look at the Pete Carroll disciples to be looking at him, such as a Dallas now is running that similar defense. So Raiders those, have Gus Bradley. Yeah. yeah. So those, I, those are think, the teams that you're really looking for him where he can actually play inside. But 
other than that, you're going to have to really, it's going to have to be either one of those teams or a team that's willing to try different things. So it could happen. It's just really going to depend on the defensive coordinator for how he can use them properly. Yeah. Um, and so what, what did you think is something that he can improve on going into this season, or I guess throughout this season? What I thought was his biggest thing to improve on, and this is more as the for the reps where he is on the on the tackle and a four technique. Really, his when you look at him, if you want him to be a defensive end, what I thought he lacked for that was a lot of the ability to dip his shoulder really and get mm-hmm. under, which it's it's kind of a weird discussion because obviously as a defensive tackle, that's not something you look for, but the fact that we are talking about him as potentially becoming a five technique in the NFL on your first and second down, it's something that he needs to work on because he did have a few reps where he tried. It just wasn't effective. Mm-hmm. So I feel like to be what we were talking about him role-wise being in the NFL, that's the biggest point of improvement he can make to show that he can do that. Yeah. That was one of the things that I had marked down as like, I'm a little concerned about like his ability to bend and corner, but then I would think, well, he's technically a defense. He's technically a defensive tackle. So, you know, how much does that really matter? Like you're not going to ask your, you know, interior defensive lineman to be cornering around a tackle. But again, if he's going to kick outside, then that's something you'd want to see. Um, but at that size, it's going to be difficult. To, you know, sometimes it's just difficult based on how big you are to be able to do that. Um, for me, I, I think there's something that he, he's displayed flashes of, but something that he can ideally work on this year is his pass rush moves. Because I think there's a few there, but it's just not going to like sometimes he's just kind of like, OK, I'm just going to try to go through you and that doesn't work or he'll try like kind of one move and doesn't work. So maybe developing some counters and just kind of working on developing a more diverse repertoire arsenal of pass rush moves so that he can be more effective, especially if he's going to be working as an edge rusher um, on like base downs and then kicking inside on later downs. Yep. That's definitely something I would agree with as well. So where are you looking at him in terms of draft range? as of now and also if he is able to fix the things that we brought up where can we look at him ending up right so i think that if basically if he had come out this year i think he probably would have been a mid day three pick um i'm thinking probably like round five maybe round four to five something like that um and then i think that if he you know fixes a lot of the things that we've talked about this year and displays some improvement um I'm probably still thinking in that range. Maybe he sneaks into the late third um, for a team kind of like the ones we were talking about, either teams that are being more creative with how they're using the defensive linemen or us, you know, a Seattle esque defense, like the Raiders or the Seahawks or Dallas or, you know, something like that. But I, th- I think at the end of the day, you know, we kind of had this discussion last time with like Haskell Garrett and like how he has a specific role. I'm not sure that, stills has that role as like a designated passer, but stills more just has like a specific position that he's kind of locked into. And then that kind of limits the number of teams that he's a fit for. So I'm, I'm still thinking kind of that late third, maybe early fourth range for that, for this year's draft. Yeah. I would think that his high ceiling 
if he can put everything together is about where Oso Digizua went mm-hmm. to the Cowboys last season. We are looking at 75th, and people did consider that reach. Mitchell brought that up before that that was a reach for them, but he is a scheme-specific player that can fit well there, and I think that's the ceiling, and I would agree fifth, maybe even sixth round would be where he is at right now because, again, limited amount of teams, you're looking at even for those teams, he isn't a polished year one starter anyways and has work to do so no matter what it's going to be a very limited number of teams actually looking for him because we're looking at eight teams maybe probably at the most that would be interested in him that Mm -hmm. and of those you have to think that some of them are kind of set and don't want a project necessarily until the later rounds that's about the range that we have them in. So next up, we have Corey Durden. Yeah, so Corey Durden uh, has been at Florida State for the last few years, uh, but he's transferring to NC State for this fall. He's 6'4", 310. He's going to be a redshirt senior. Um, Durden's played a lot of different roles. So obviously, Florida State's been in kind of a state of flux for the last few seasons in terms of coaching turnover and just general staff turnover. So if you are looking at his stat, his like his stats specifically his snap counts, um, when he his first year at Florida State, he was mostly just playing the B gap, you know, kind of being your classic um, three tech kind of defender. Um, but then his sophomore year, he was mostly over the tackle, playing more of a five four eye to five technique, with even some snaps outside, more in the A gap. And then this past season, uh, he didn't play a ton, honestly. And then, but it was almost exclusively in the B gap. Um, and when I watched the film, it was again, this, it was weird because it was in the B gap, but it was kind of splitting between, you know, your standard three tech role, but also doing some four I and five tech stuff. Um, I think you liked Durden a bit more than me. Um, I think it's just because of the games we watched, because I watched a lot of 20, I watched mostly 2020 tape. Um, yeah. And, and I watched all 2019. Tape. Right. And I, I just didn't have access to that. So um, I think that, I think, I think the 2019 is probably more valuable just based on how he's going to be used. Um, but I, I was not the biggest fan. Um, I think his best trait is his strike and punch power. Again, kind of like stills, like he's got a lot of pop in his hands and also he can, you know, drive guards back if he really connects, which is good to see for a bigger defensive tackle. Like this guy's gonna be a little more of a classic, you know, just normal defensive tackle just based on his size. So what did you think was his best trait? I, I would agree. His hand power is his best trait and it's that initial punch he wasn't necessarily consistent with the placement, mm-hmm. but the power behind it is always there. It's just a placement thing that was his issue. I had other concerns with him, and especially, and we were saying how his body type fits into the classical three technique where he's, what was his weight again? Uh, 310, 64, 310. 310. Yeah. 310. Yeah. We are looking at more of a prototypical size than some of the guys we've had in the past here, but we're really looking at him being a guy where I think he could honestly either, either become more muscular or just lose weight because he did look a bit bigger than what I would have expected for mm-hmm. someone at that weight. He looked more almost closer to like someone that you expect playing 
as a 320 pound one tech body type wise right then he did someone that you expect to be a three technique really when you look at three technique we want the body type of a haskell garrett with a little bit more strength on the frame obviously but yeah but that's more the body type we're looking for whereas Durden's built kind of more like a one tech yeah i think i'm wondering if he was probably heavier than that because if i remember like florida state a lot of their defensive tackles were pretty big like marvin wilson big dude fabian levitt's like i think all of their guys were like listed at, like 320 or more so and i think you're right the sloppy body was a little bit there um for me like his worst trait again i i could put a lot of them um i, I think i have i have his worst trait is like defeating doubles just and this is kind of a minor trait i guess but you know, if you're playing in the three tech, this is going to get to you. Like if you're going to face double teams and combo blocks and he's just getting pushed back with ease on those. Um, and I think that kind of leads to just more general concerns about his play strength and his ability to maintain his gap and run defense. So we talked previously with Jordan Davis about the, I believe he called it passive versus active mm-hmm. strength. And I think he may be the exact opposite of Jordan Davis in that, and where when he is, when you're looking at him as a passive player trying to hold up against mm-hmm. people pushing him back, he is struggling a lot. Like you said, double teams drove him back five yards off the ball with ease. But you look at him, he's able to get a solid bull rush and has, oh, yeah. that, has that active strength strength where he's able to drive forward but it's yeah, I mean, weird he was given i watched the notre dame game and like notre dame's got some quality offensive line especially on the interior and he if he was given a lot of them some trouble on his bull rush so i could not agree more with your um, analysis about passive versus active strength for him yeah and that's again we talked about lift davis that's something that we want to see improve and it's definitely the same thing with Durden and when he's at NC State, we'll still be seeing the same general opponents as well. So we can hopefully see that improvement because he's still playing that ACC schedule. We're able to compare year to year what he looks like against these same teams. Yeah, and, they, and NC State's been putting out some good defensive linemen last years. They had uh, BJ Hill, Justin Jones a few years ago, who are still in the league. Uh, Laurel Murchison is on the Titans and um Contavious Street and Ali McNeil this year was a really popular interior defensive lineman so there's whoever is the D-line coach there I don't know off the top of my head but they've definitely got something cooking there so hopefully whoever's the coach there can get um Durden to play to his best yeah and you go back a few years and you get Bradley Chubb out oh, on yeah. the edge <laughs> obviously <laughs> I so, was thinking more interior guys yeah, yeah. but yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah when you go out to the edge you get him in there as well and a few more things I had on him I I did have one rep that I found absolutely hilarious. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was a planned spin move, but he did spin. I was it. It kind of looked like he was kind of falling, but he interior, was spinning while he was falling. Interior defensive line spin moves are always fun because if they work, it's awesome, and if they don't, it's just funny to watch because you're like, oh, buddy, he let's not try that again. Um, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, and then later I did see him actually attempt an actual for sure spin move that worked well and it was very very impressive and that was something where wasn't necessarily what I expected because I hadn't really seen a lot of this but he went through with the initial move attempted to do a swim move and was held up at the line 
and then actually was able to counter with a good swim, was able to rip the arm, uh, knock the arms of the lineman down and then spin off of him to the inside and was able to, the quarterback was obviously, he escaped the pocket and was able to get outside and obviously Durden couldn't catch him, but yeah, he, he gave the effort at least, which is, yeah, that, that, something yeah I liked. That, that's definitely not like his best or his worst trait, but like, you know, there, there's some motor and pursuit ability there, just not obviously like the long foot speed to, you know, be catching athletes in space. Yeah. And that's the good thing when you watch the Florida state film, when you get to see him opposite <laughs> Marvin Wilson, it, it really say, stands out. I, I liked Marvin Wilson. I think there was a lot going on with him outside of football. Um, just yeah. that kind of contributed to his fall as a draft prospect. Um, but yeah, <laughs> personally, I'm a fan of his fall when it gets to be an yeah, of course, U- of course. UDFA for my team. Right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I really liked him. I've, I definitely feel like there's a couple places to improve and I'll get into that here. Start out first. I definitely, again, the body is just, mm-hmm. that was my big first reaction the second you turn on his film, you notice that this guy doesn't look like a three tech. Yeah. He isn't, he definitely needs to work on that body. He is also, like we said before, the passive strength to not be driven back. That's going to be the number one thing because at this point it really hurts him in the run game because he's just, and it's not even just with double teams. There's a lot there's, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily qualify as a lot, but there are, a decent amount of times where he is just driven back by a guard. Yeah. There's that, enough. There's enough that it's a trend that's concerning. Yes. And I definitely think that that has to be his number one point of improvement. And generally those are when you are saying someone needs to slim down, someone needs to get better passive strength. Those don't necessarily align as two things that necessarily work together, but really what we're looking for is, Yes, you, the weight there at 310, that's fine. It's a little heavy for a three tech, but that's fine. As long as we can get that to be more muscle, that's yeah. going to help add the strength to be able to fight off those blocks, stay at the line, and then hopefully, if he's at the line, make a play on the ball. Yeah, 100%. Like if he can turn, you know, five to 10 pounds of that fat into muscle. That, then I think we're looking at something really good. Like uh, my, my improvement trait was just being more consistent in terms of run defense, maintaining his gap. Um, I think NC state runs a good amount of two gapping with their defensive linemen. So that'll be interesting to see how he adjusts to that. Um, and I think again, if he does get stronger, just turning some of his body from fat into muscle, I think he can kind of fill that role well. Um, but we'll, I, I think it's gonna be an interesting transition for him. So, but I, I, in general, I think I'd want to see him just be a more consistent run defender. And I think that because of like those issues, that's why, like, I'm still thinking of him as like a, a midday three pick right now, just cause there's a lot of questions that I have and there, even like his best trait, I'm still like, uh, it's not super consistent and I'm not willing to like bet a ton on it. So for me, he's still like a midday three pick. Yeah, and I am higher, but I'm I wouldn't consider myself. I know there are bigger fans of him than me. Mm-hmm. I know there are guys that have him competing up there with a Haskell Garrett type at sort of at that level. And I'm not there. I'm more of a 
late third, looking at the turn there, third, fourth. And I know that's significantly higher than you, but <laughs> I do know there are people higher than me that I've talked to about Durden that absolutely love him. And I don't think he has a lot of potential to move up because we are looking at a lot of consistency issues and a lot of run defending issues and generally improvement there I don't think necessarily moves you significantly up the board we had the same thing with Haskell where we were looking at round three guy and we even with the improvements we were only really looking at him as a mid to late second round pick even then and yeah, I, at least, with Garrett like you at least have like a lot of the pass rushing upside with his quickness and his um, athletic ability and you know burst and pass rush moves whereas you don't get a lot of that with Durden so yeah. I, I think that I I, I, th- I think your assessment and like projection is still fair. I, I think I just have more concerns that lead me to kind of knock him down a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. And obviously we're not going to have a full top 100, mm-hmm. but I've in the pre-draft process in the summer scouting process, but I do believe he would be someone that would be right on the borderline there for me of a top 100 player. That's about where okay. I am. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. yeah. When I say late third, I do mean like I think he's like a '90s ish pick. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, he's a comp. He's a comp pick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right in that area where it's really late third, maybe even early fourth. But I do think with that, I don't think he could move up as high as someone like Haskell Garrett if he made the same def- uh, run defense improvements. I really think we're looking at a guy that just unless you obviously can't project everything. So I'm not going to assume that the body just gets insanely. We're talking about Winfrey next. I don't assume he's going to end up getting his body to look like Perry and Winfrey. <laughs> so unless, unless that happens, that would be something. <laughs> yeah. I, do, I don't think he's going to get any higher than late second, early third. Yeah. I think that's about the range you're looking at. You're looking at the 60, 70 range for him as the high point for if he can get everything right Mm -hmm. but so we're a little bit off but probably about i would say 50 60 picks different that seems about right yeah uh i i really want to talk about perry and winfrey because i I, we were kind of again talking about this pre-show about kind of the top two guys at defensive tackle in this class and I think Winfrey is definitely one of them for both of us. This, this dude is special. So Perry and Winfrey, uh, defensive tackle again from Oklahoma, 6'4, 292, uh, was originally at Iowa Western Community College, which was a Juco school for two years. Um, so he's going to be a true senior this year. I'm pretty sure junior college eligibility is kind of weird. Um, and also we had the COVID year, so everything's kind of wonky. Um, and so he's playing defensive tackle in Oklahoma's 335, and he's playing a lot of nose tackle. But again, like he's obviously not that traditional build for a nose tackle. And man, is this dude crazy athletic and explosive, like insanity from a guy who's playing head up on the center. Just like even if he isn't timing the snap, like he is beating the snap on a pretty consistent basis. And, you know, even even though he's mostly playing nose tackle, like he's playing anywhere from zero tech to four tech um, in any given game, which so I'm, I'm really interested to see like what he can do this year building on it. Um, Cause I think he's really special. I think he's really kind of the next evolution of what we're going to see from defensive linemen in the NFL. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I didn't have him as the 
my top guy, but I have him too right now. Of the guys I've watched so far, I do have them too. A little giveaway for next week. We will go over mm-hmm. our top guys, but I I am with you. I haven't watched as much as you have. You've watched quite a bit of him, I know, but I am completely there with him. You have the body type that you look for, and he's played nose. I, like you said, I think more of the three technique body, but I think he has the versatility to kind of just do just about anything you ask. Obviously there's going to be stuff he does better than other things, but I just think, especially you see with that Oklahoma defensive line, they're moving pre-snap so much and they're stunning a lot. And it's just, you see him do a lot of different things, even though he prototypically lines up as a nose, you just see him do everything from different spots along that line. And it really gives you a good sense of his ability to just be a versatile matchup piece as a defensive tackle. Yeah. I mean, put simply like people of that size are not meant to move like he does. No. Um, and I think we talked about like, when we're over, he might not be like as long as we would hope. Um, but I, I still am not, it's definitely not like a major concern for me. Cause like, again, his athleticism, especially his explosiveness and, you know, ability to get off at the snap is, like truly elite. Like I, I can't really remember seeing a guy that good at that, excuse me, specific trait. And like you said, like he's doing it from three and four point stances. He's got good hand usage. Like he's got like a decent amount of pass rush moves, which is pretty impressive for an interior defensive line with only with like basically like a year of college, like true college experience. Um, and he can still even hold up at the point of attack as a run defender, which you know, I was something I was pretty surprised to see. Um, and even when, again, when he's playing a nose tackle and he's definitely losing the weight battle. Um, I think that, I think this is kind of what a lot of people said, like he is pretty much the portrait of your quote unquote raw prospect. Like, like last week I talked about somebody being DJ Dale being a bull in a China shop and not necessarily that being a compliment. I think Winfrey's kind of the same way and that he's just like running around, but he's got the athleticism to still make plays if he's out of position. Like you were saying, like, Oklahoma slants and stunts and twists their guys all over the place. Cause that's how Alex experience likes to do. So there'll be times where he's just like spinning around to like the opposite direction of the run is just out of the play. And that's not really his fault. It's just how their, their defense is aligned or being told what to do. Um, so like this year, I just kind of want to see him like just maybe play like a hair slower just so he isn't just like going all out, you know, going crazy. And so he'll be like, okay, if I just like take a second, like I can actually make a play that will help the de- really help the defense. Yeah. And like you were saying about the, with both him and Dale being the bulls in China shop, I would say it, it worked a lot better off. Oh yeah. It was no a question. lot better for Winfrey <laughs> doing that because again, like you said, that high end athleticism is just going to really let you be more aggressive. And I can see the toning it, wanting to tone it down but I feel like with him, it's going to be just so hard for us to actually see him tone it down when he is set in this defense because yeah. of them wanting to do everything, running him all over. And it's not just him. They run all over. They run mm-hmm. everybody all over. Yeah, definitely. So but I just feel like it's going to be hard for us to get that out of him this year. And I definitely think that's going to be something where he comes in as a rookie in the NFL, he's still like that. He goes through the first season. 
like that. And then I really think he's a guy that we can see a massive year two jump as they try to just rein in his aggressiveness more and more the farther along he gets into his NFL career until he gets to the point where the technique catches up to where he's kind of able to do whatever he wants and be successful. And obviously that's a rare player that's able to do it. But if you can rein in the aggressiveness, that's going to give you a serviceable player. And then you hope the rest of his game develops around that to where you're able to then expand it back out to be a more aggressive player. Yeah. And the aggressiveness and explosive nature of his play is like, you want, you want to be able to turn that down as opposed to the opposite where it's like, okay, I need you to be more aggressive. I need you to be more explosive because at times you just can't teach that. But with him, you can be, I think, I think again, like it's not even necessarily about telling him to, you know, slow it down. I think just having a year of experience playing in college and knowing how deep, how offenses are going to try to attack him and just how the speed of the college game is different. I think just having that year of experience, he's going to be a lot even better this year, which is crazy to think about. But I think he really just has all the tools necessary to be an absolute game wrecker. And I think that I'm I'm with you. He's definitely my second uh, ranked defensive lineman in this class. And I I don't think it's really that close after him. I think there's a pretty big gap between him and number one, but there's an even bigger gap between him and whoever's after him. Yeah. And I haven't done everyone, so I can't necessarily – Oh, me neither. Don't worry. For sure. But <laughs> but of the guys I've watched, he's definitely there's definitely a gap yeah. there. And I would I would say that with the we talked about him going to the junior college, I would assume that has to be an academics thing because there's no way a guy like him can make it without getting some big time offers out of high school. Because yeah, I think someone I, that that's that's that athletic just does not go unnoticed completely yeah. in high school. It has well, to be an academics thing. When I was doing background, I think I saw that he was like a three-star recruit um, at some places, and then I think he had an offer from Virginia Tech, and that was his only um, FBS offer. Um, and I think he had some FCS offers too. Um, but when, I mean, when he was coming out of junior college, he was like consensus number one juco recruit out of every and like a lot of people thought he was going to go to bama but he ended up going to oklahoma because i think it was he's from illinois originally went to college in iowa so kind of staying in that you know midwesternish area um but yeah i mean he's going to be the star on the oklahoma defense this year he's i'm i was i was blown away by him i really wasn't expecting him to be as good as he was yeah i'm excited for the oklahoma defense this is going Mm -hmm. to be a it's going to be very fun and i'm probably a little higher on nick benito than a lot of people i liked him a decent amount. I wasn't necessarily in love with him, but I think that's going to be a very fun front there, that front seven. And obviously you're playing in the big 12. You're going to get a lot of for now. rush situation. Well, yes, for now, <laughs> for now, but this year you're going to get a lot of pass rush situations for them mm-hmm. to work in. So yeah. it's going to be definitely, yeah, you have the, the good points and the bad points with playing in the Big 12, you don't get necessarily as many run reps as a run defender, but you do get more as a pass rusher. So it's definitely going to be fun to see him there. And I wouldn't mind them actually moving him a little bit more even in terms of I, I wouldn't mind with how they play if he moved out a little further as well. Mm-hmm just getting some reps a little more wider. Yeah, I mean, 
they'll they'll run this package where they'll kind of have him as like a four as a three or four eye tech and then there'll be a guy like outside of him and then that's mirrored on the opposite side so like there's really nobody between um him and then the next guy who's in the four eye gap so it's kind of an open middle of the field and this is usually on like obvious passing down they'll like mug linebackers up in the a gaps um but yeah that's usually as far as he gets outside but i, I think i think putting him at edge would be really fun to see especially because they've got another guy isaiah i think his name is isaiah thomas um who's another pretty good defensive line for them so it's shocking a big 12 defense actually has some pretty good players <laughs> all right so uh where do you think he's going to be going in the draft as of now and then if he can fix some of the issues that we've seen with them which are few and far between i think at this point i think he's probably a second like no 2021 i think he's probably a second round pick because he was definitely better than garrett um but you're still you know he's still kind of playing like crazy and there's a lot of uh he needs to have a lot of his game polished so I, I think I would definitely be comfortable taking him in the second round just because of how crazy athletic he is. You know, I think almost any defense, like you can find a way to use him. He's that special. I think after, I think after this year, I think he's probably going to be a first round lock, probably back end of, this, of the first round. But, you know, if he's, if he's crazy productive, you know, maybe he sneaks into the top half. Cause I think, I think that, I think teams are going to fall in love with that athleticism. Yeah, I definitely see him being drafted in a similar area i would currently have a second round grade on him but i definitely think he can get into that first round conversation especially because as we said his athleticism gives him a lot of and the fact that he does move over that oklahoma defense gives him a lot of versatility to fit with what different teams want so we're really going to have a wide like we talked about stills where we're looking at eight teams that are able to draft him Winfrey I don't think there's a team that wouldn't be able to use him yeah like I'm thinking like if you have like a very standard you know three four defense I think you can still figure out a way to use him I think I think we're looking at kind of a more athletic Levi and Wuzurike this from last year's class and yeah. I, uh, I can't exactly remember where he went I want to say early third um, so I think that kind of, if you take that athleticism, give it a little juice, you get Winfrey and he's going to go higher because of that. But yeah, I think he's firmly ideal too, for me right now. Yeah, I definitely, definitely think he has the best chance of getting into the first round of anyone outside of the top, top guy who we'll get to next time, which is the Marvin wheel. I like the Anwuzurike range as well for him, for Winfrey. That is not Leal, definitely. Oh not yeah, Leal. no, we'll we'll get to Leal next week. There's another. Uh... Yeah, but and actually, Anwuzurike went 41. Oh, okay. Some reason I thought he was later. So yeah, even still, I'd say that that's an appropriate range for him right now. Yeah, that mid second round, mm-hmm. maybe going into late, but. A lot of these guys that we get, we say mid-second round, but I feel like when we go out throughout the class, we're going to see a lot of guys that it's just when you're doing summer scouting, you have a lot of the guys that need one or two things to work on or even just more consistency and stuff like that, where you're going to get a lot of guys more in that second round range. And I just definitely think that he is probably the only one that has a realistic first round outlook outside of Leal. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And like, there's a lot of argument to be made about what Leal is positionally, because even though he is a bigger player, very similarly sized to Winfrey, a lot of his snaps come from the edge, but we'll get into that next week. Yeah. And so next week we're going to be back going over a few more players and then we'll have our ed, uh, defense interior defensive lineman rankings. And so we'll be back next week. Let's get fired up. <laughs>